All right. Well, guys, welcome to another podcast. We're starting it here. Uh, I am your host, Adam Bone, joined with two uh, people that are usually <laughs> part of this podcast as well. Uh, we've got we've got Spooky Luke, Luke Howder, uh, to my to, to my right, your left, to your right, my left. I don't know. He's over there. He's there. I'm yeah. And if you're you listening to the podcast, I'm all around you. And Ooh. that's a great thought. I like that. Lanson is to my to my bottom. He's always just Lanson down there somewhere. Lanson is your bottom. He's my bottom. Yeah. I'll be your tailman any day, Maverick. <laughs> That's how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. he's riding my tail hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that with like uh Gooseman and that other dude. Yeah, it was a classic exchange between Cody Maverick and uh I believe his name was Goosefront. <laughs> and of course Goose his bumps. twin is yeah his Goose twin bumps brother McGee. His, his twin brother was Goose Bumps and his whole thing was getting scared before every mission. He's like we Whoa, can't go up guys. in these guys the we can't go up in these planes. <laughs> we can't go up in these planes guys. It's pretty scary. I'll just do like air traffic control or something, man. <laughs> Hand me one of those funny little light sticks. <laughs> Uh, I think you guys watched the wrong movie again. So, what movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what. I'm movie a that little is. lost, but you whatever it was, it was wrong. <laughs> well, this that's week... not the movie we watched. So, oh, okay, good, 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 good. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, it's called Final Boy Status. It's a podcast where we watch a horror movie. We talk about it, and then we decide how we can survive it. Um, just like you would do with your friends. You say, ooh, I could survive that horror movie. Those people are idiots. They, they could have done better. We, uh, we do the same thing and decide if we, three average Joes, could actually do better than the characters in the movie. Um, this movie, picked by uh, Spooky Luke over there, is... Uh, called deep red he forgot what it was called no no i did not <laughs> you can't prove it deep, deep red i i paused for a fact we watched deep blue sea <laughs> boy, oh boy. talk movies. about yeah <laughs> talk about like a powerhouse performance from samuel L. jackson um yep. no i yes i picked a movie called deep red uh was this the most pretentious choice i could have made maybe uh, I, I think it was just that thing of we've talked about a lot of slashers, and of course, slashers were born out of the great uh, giallo movement uh, happening over in Italy in the '70s, and we like basically just ripped that off and made the slasher craze of the '80s. And so I was like, well, let's look at probably the most famous giallo movie and kind of see how it stacks up. So I, I went straight for a Dario Argento directed classic. Released at the height of the of the Giallo movement, a movie called Deep Red in the original Italian Profondo Rosso. Uh, originally released in the U.S. as The Hatchet Murders, so maybe you know it as The Hatchet Murders. I don't know why you would. It, there's no <laughs> hatchet. I really would just love to to have the reaction of somebody that's like, "Oh yeah, The Hatchet Murders. I love that movie. <laughs> incredible, incredible. One of my favorite pieces. Oh man, 
Now that's a film. <laughs> that's cinema right there, brother. Sitting there the whole time waiting for a hatchet, and it never came. The <laughs> biggest mind fuck of my life. Oh, <laughs> subverting expectations, man. Ingenious. Argento's a master. <laughs> but yeah, Luke, it, it, that, I mean, that's a good background. Do you want to kind of go into maybe the plot of this movie? Why, if there's any other re reasons why you decided to, to choose it? Uh, well, I, I think something that has been on our minds throughout this entire show is just we've been tried. We try to be conscious of the fact that America isn't the only source of horror. Uh, very early on, Lappin wanted to do Veronica, which is a Spanish horror film that's incredible. Just recently, you uh, you had us do last week, I guess it was you had us do The Host, which is a Korean film. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to pay homage to international horror as well. And I wanted to do something we hadn't done before. So that was just a big, big thing for me. And also, like I said, we've done so many slashers that to not go to the source of where slashers came from felt profoundly silly to me. Uh, if I were to briefly describe what this movie is about, uh, it's about a man who witnesses a murder and feels compelled to solve it and sort of follows him as he tries to solve the mystery and figure out who the killer is. Uh, so I, I feel like this is a great movie for us because literally the main character is just some guy, which is our exact qualifications. Uh, so I, I thought it was just going to be... This is one I hadn't seen before I recommended it. I recommended it purely off the back of hearing several different famous horror movie directors reference it. And I thought to myself, well, then we've definitely got to give it a look. Uh, awesome. I love it. Great. Uh, very simple uh, premise. And uh, I was, I had no, I had never heard of this movie before. So it's really fun to pop in a movie and be like, I guess people die in this movie, but I guess let's see what it's about. <laughs> like Slate, sure. baby. I will say that the poster for this movie, uh, when it came out, has the word psycho then the exorcist then jaws and then it says now there's deep red and so it's really hyping itself up um <laughs> i kind of went in with that knowing that was the poster too so my all expectations those movies were, are going to be included all of those yeah elements. expectations were sky high baby i just set them high so we're going to start by talking about our general thoughts. We're going to get in breaking it down, talking about specific decisions, characters, antagonists. Uh, but for now, just super generally, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Whoever feels like you have something good to go off of to start. What did you think about the movie? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What was the thoughts? Consensus going on here. Uh, I mean, also, I'll say it first. This is... We, as you pointed out, this is a really simple premise to a movie. Guy witnesses a murder, decides he's going to solve it. The execution has got to be the most, like, confusing storytelling I could imagine. Like, you hear that premise and you're, like, pretty straightforward. Within five minutes, there's a psychic woman, <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's barely relevant to the plot. There's a big, long subsection where they have to break into a school... And I not I don't understand why they had to do that. So it's just like in terms of like how the plot moves, the plot moves very confusingly. I, I think it's also interesting. I made the comment that the longer I sit with this movie, the more I like it. While I was watching it, 
I was having kind of a hard time because the early scenes of the movie, once like the, the plot of the movie kicks off, I kept looking back to some of the earlier scenes and going, why the fuck <laughs> did we have to sit through that? Yeah. It was it's not relevant to the story at all, but then the ending ties it all together really well. And you look back and you go, Oh, actually, no, there was a point to that scene. There was a point for that to happen, and that was setting something up. So the more distance I have, the more I have an appreciation for like what the movie was doing all along. That being said, some of the early scenes are kind of weird, especially like after the murder happens, because there were a lot of scenes of people just like standing around like here are the differences between men and women. And it's like, why is this a scene? <laughs> like, yeah. shouldn't you be talking about like the murder? Like that right. seems far more relevant than what you're talking about. Um, and so it all kind of comes back later. So maybe the dialogue could have been tightened up a bit. Also worth noting, this film was made in Italian. Like right. all of us would have watched an English dub. Yep. And sometimes English dubs are not particularly well planned or thought out. So it's entirely possible that something's just lost in translation here. But uh, I feel like the dialogue could have been tightened up. But like looking back on the movie as a whole, I think every scene was relevant and needed to be included. But maybe the dialogue could have been improved. So I'll start there. I'm sure I'll have more to say about it as we go. But let's just get something out there on the platform for consideration. Nice. Yeah, so I feel like... Um, just to start off with what I liked about the movie, I thought um, the location in Italy, that was really cool to see a lot of the architecture. Um, it was also fun in the 70s kind of to see a little bit of that nostalgia and, you know, um, like the clothing and the cars and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, like like it's been mentioned before, some parts of the dialogue were a bit clunky in my opinion, but again, right, it's it was uh it was translated into english so can't go too hard in the pan on that um but yeah i i will say that this movie is very distinct you know i can't really say that i've seen i mean obviously yeah there are slashers um that were made in america in the 80s but definitely this one is kind of you know the direction of it it definitely seemed like um argento had a very decisive direction and a very um, thought out way that he wanted to film the movie and it's very distinct which I liked um, that being said like one thing I didn't always enjoy was like the transition between scenes I'm like alright I guess it's another scene now alright <laughs> on to the next one but yeah you know I felt like but overall I felt like it was a movie that was a good thriller you know kind of just was one that at, that kept me entertained and Made me want to watch till the end. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I like this movie too. I think, um, it. I think it felt very long. Um, if I if I'm gonna start with, I'll start with what I didn't like, and then I'll go with what I do like. But uh, I thought it was a little long. The pacing was like there's just some scenes. And I agree with Luke. By the end, I was like, okay, like, it's not, it, it wasn't as weirdly paced as I thought it was. There were scenes that were important. But even still, I think there were some some edits that could have been made to make it a little bit tighter, to feel like a little less wandery without direction. Um, and then the other thing I will uh, add as a negative was the music was really cool. 
and it added a lot of energy to some scenes. But then it was completely distracting in other scenes where there was like mm. an intense thing, but this really groovy baseline in the background. You're like, <laughs> this doesn't really match up at all. Uh, and again, it's it's kind of like you guys said, it's hard to approach these kind of things from knowing I'm a foreigner and not familiar. Like maybe Italian movies are just kind of that way. I don't, I haven't watched a lot of Italian movies. I don't know, but um, yeah, to me, it was a little distracting. I was like, this doesn't really match the uh, what's happening, the horrific things happening on the screen, but then there's this groovy bass line with these drums, and it's like, I don't know, I feel like I'm watching some something very different. So, uh, But as far as positives, it's not surprising to me that you say, Luke, you heard a lot of directors talking about this movie because I feel like it was directed... Uh, very very competently i mean there's these oh, yeah. beautiful wide shots that showed characters walking down the street and uh, some of the edits were a little weird i agree but a, a lot of the editing was really cool very hitchcockian is that how you say it uh where you know the stabs yeah. and the quick camera movements but then it would stop and just like settle on something uh and kind of let you kind of marinate it i loved the deaths uh, even mm. though the blood looked a little funky, uh, the the prosthetics and the the way it happened and the creativity, I loved a ton. So honestly, I was pretty on board. By the end of it, I liked it a lot. I think the first little bit, I was like, I don't know about this. So I'm glad I, I stuck it out. <laughs> no, I mean, visually, this movie is a treat. Like, Yeah, it's great. I really, really liked just looking at this movie. It's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, the blood is a very particular look, but I I kind of dug it. It just fits the yeah. aesthetic so well. Um, it wasn't like yeah. distracting. It was fine. But no, I definitely understand why this is a movie that's talked about. Like, it's really gorgeous. It's um, it doesn't feel compromised at all, which horror movies are sometimes a realm where you feel like the director probably comes in with a vision and then maybe the studio or whoever's paying for it can come in and corrupt that vision. Or maybe the director has a vision, but they don't have the money to accomplish it. Nothing feels compromised here, which is really cool. Um, a big thing I'm going to say, I just my own personal bias here. I know I said it's easy for us to insert ourselves into this movie because the protagonist is a boring white guy and we are three very boring white guys. <laughs> but this movie makes the mistake of making the two female leads a literal, like, psychic, mind-powered woman and then, like, a badass, like, Lois Lane-style takes-no-shit reporter and then expects us to care about the boring white guy in the middle of it all. Right. Like... Yeah, when spoiler alert, this whole thing's a whole show's a spoiler alert, but like, yeah, when the psychic woman dies, like three, like two scenes in, I'm like, well, if she's not the protagonist, how are we supposed to care about whoever comes next? Right? She literally has brain powers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, and, and she knew it was coming, she screamed at the door, so. Right. I know. Too bad it's a little delayed. Like she couldn't sense it in the building, you know, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Very convenient for the plot. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't be like Dr. Loomis, like, it's come home. <laughs> I can smell you. <laughs> and a new frame. But, uh, so I, there's some really wild, like, Stephen King level, like, things happening in this movie, sure. including a woman with mind powers. And then we're supposed to be 
totally cool with I think the main guy's name is Marco. We're supposed to be totally cool with him being the main character, even though he's like the Italian version of mayonnaise. Yeah. So the main character's name is Marcus. And then there's a Carlo. Uh, even worse. I wanted to make that. <laughs> he doesn't even have a little bit of flavor. It's just because I <laughs> like Carlo. The oatmeal of names, Marcus Carlo <laughs> fan. Yeah, that, like, yeah. So big complaint with this movie is it's like you can't open with her like really great hammed up performance of like psychically connecting with the killer and then spend the rest of the movie following around what's his face as he like putters <laughs> around in the gutter looking for clues. Marcus. I know you're what really did trying I say? hard for this, Adam. <laughs> you <laughs> said, what's his Remember face? his name? It's Marcus. No, I, I actually at one point thought I should write these names down because if mm -hmm. I don't write them down, I won't remember them. And then yeah. I didn't write them down. And I can attest, I do not remember them. <laughs> actually, that's not true. Gianna. I remember Gianna because she's awesome. Yeah. Gianna. Justice for Carlo. <laughs> Justice for Gianna. Yeah. Frick. That's true, man. I'll, Carlo... I'll... Carlo got with that. killed though. Gianna survived. So justice for Carlo. But I also, stand by Gianna it. got stabbed. She yeah. and after she got stabbed, she got her face fondled by what's his bucket? Like, nah. Darius That's another Rucker. thing. That's another thing. So here's the thing. There are some things I miss about movies from the 70s. I yeah. wish that movies were a little, little more keen to be transgressive. I'm not gonna go to bat for every 70s movies. For every 70, 70s movie, because some of them made real bad choices. Yeah. But I wish we were like as weird in our filmmaking now as we were in the 70s. But I'm going to put this out there. There was a lot of crap in the 70s and 80s where there's like a really cool, badass female protagonist who is half the age of the male protagonist. And we're supposed to root for them to be a couple question mark. Like, yeah, the, you know, they don't get together in this movie, but there's like a little bit of an implication, like they arm wrestle, which I think is supposed to be like a little bit of foreplay or whatever. And like, <laughs> again, it just, it's not helping me care about this guy. Like go, you probably like that guy's definitely got like a kid somewhere. Like go home, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Drink your Metamucil, dude. <laughs> you gotta get all constipated. Come on, get it together, man. <gasps> all that jazz piano and pizza. Get your life together. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of good <laughs> thoughts about this movie. I I say we dive into into the, the scrumptious stuff. Um, usually what we do the the uh um. What do you call it? The organization of the podcast. We usually start by talking about the villain and then talking about the protagonist uh, and then kind of go generally, could I survive it? Could I not? So let's talk about the antagonist a little bit. Um, the, the, what was it? The, uh, the hatchet killer. Um, yes. Obviously. Well, <laughs> How did you not remember that, Adam, with all the hatchets <laughs> it, in this it, movie? It, so yeah, many hatchets being thrown across the screen. I didn't Every write other it down. frame. <laughs> you forget the names, I forget the hatchets. It happens. <laughs> and I'll What's, forget uh... the movie. <laughs> Great, Lanson, thanks. All <laughs> I remember is the commercial breaks in this movie. Yeah. Just like the Super Bowl. I'm like, I remember the commercials. Everything else yeah, there you go. was not there for. Yeah. I think <laughs> Joe guy. Montana played. Joe Montana's been retired for like 20 years. Wow. I was close. 
This is the right sport, right? Right. <laughs> uh, hockey. Let's so talk good. about the killer. <laughs> so what do you guys think? What are some strengths, weaknesses, things you notice, decisions? Uh, just kind of scattershot. What do we think? Well, it seems like something that the killer, like an MO that they work under, is the element of surprise. So, you know, usually um, they're able to misdirect their victims where they make them think they're coming in one direction or another direction, but they end up like being around the corner or behind them or like a place where the the victim wasn't looking. So I feel like stealth was a strength, even though it's kind of like at times ninja stealth and, you know, spoiler alert, you know, Martha. The Martha! Martha, exactly. <laughs> was actually the, Save Martha! <laughs> I wanted Carlo to say that so bad while I was dying in the gutter. <laughs> Save Martha! Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so Martha definitely uses stealth, sometimes a little bit outside of the realm of possibility where I'm like, you know, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some ambiguity in this movie too about like, so let, let me say this, the movie leads us to believe that, um, Every death that occurs during the run of the movie is Martha trying to protect her own ass, basically, because the psychic lady, like, connects with her and figures out, like, oh, you killed your husband back in the day, which very unclear why she did that. Um, and every move she made after that was just, like, trying to keep the secret contained so she didn't go to jail, question mark? Unclear. Um so, like, there is kind of that thing of uh, a weakness of the character, which is, like, the need to not be caught is driving her to kill more, which in, turns, which in turn leaves more clues right. for her to be discovered. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's kind of that thing, right, of, like... It's just a tricky situation to be in. Like, either you go to jail for one murder or you kill a bunch of people and leave a whole bunch of evidence and potentially go to jail for, like, a lot more. It's a tough choice to make. I don't know. I think and every kill point. she makes, the protagonists get closer to finding her. Yeah. So, Oh, and you've got to... Oh, you got to be looking over your shoulder when good old Michael's following you down the street. <laughs> He's going to, any day, he's going to figure it out, you know? Good old Mitchell, man. That guy is hot on the case. Also, I got to say this. This may be a random tangent, but, like, what the crap are the Italian police doing? Like, we got a freaking <laughs> pianist on the case making more headway than you guys. Like, what are so we doing? He's got it. Just, just well, let the dude. And, like, not to be this guy, but when we say he's making headway, we mean he's, like, going to the library <laughs> spending yeah. a ridiculously long scene reading a book and then going maybe i could contact the author <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> when we talk about uh you know when we talk about marcel as a uh, as a investigator he is not exactly top of the class by any stretch right. of the imagination yeah this guy like i i i, I 
part of me feels like you could jaywalk in front of this man and he'd be like <laughs> what's that all about <laughs> you could jaywalk in front of this man and he'd be like well fascinating that that person is a pornographer and it's like you're not just you're not good at connecting the dots buddy <laughs> the law has found you my friend <laughs> <laughs> i've taken the law into my own hands for reasons that are never really explained these piano playing hands which by the way we see him play piano once and i'm gonna be honest with you not that impressive it's kind of pretty mid pretty that shit was not bussin for real. For real. For real. For real. He had a nice apartment, though, so he's making the cheddar <laughs> somehow. I guess so. <laughs> the implication is that him and Carlo are actually making bank playing piano somehow. Yeah, I don't Yeah. Even though we see him play piano once, we see Carlo play it nuns. And we never will. So sad. Too yeah, early. After he lost his hands in that... <laughs> Lost his hands in that really unfortunate skiing accident. <laughs> I told him never to go to the Alps. <laughs> anyway. I, the uh, the surprise, well, the the stealth factor is big. I think also the surprise factor of um, who it ended up becoming the antagonist yeah. mm -hmm. uh, was unexpected as an audience member, but also as a as a uh, uh you know pianist investigator guy like that's she she played it off really well where she seemed like to almost have dementia where she like couldn't remember his occupation she's kind of chatting about things it seemed she made herself seem like really um harmless and not observant so you know if it was me and i was on the case she'd probably be the last person i'd even think of so uh, she's got that going for her. Um, unless, unless Luke's giving me a look that that the saying "you pleb," I could I could see her. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> speak like, for yourself. Okay, let's get at let's get this out of the way. Uh, this would have been a vastly different movie if any of the people investigating the the death that instigates the entire movie was even remotely good at uh thinking look i <laughs> i hate to be this guy the main character sees her yeah and not to be this guy but like that whole scene where he's like walking down the hall and then he looks at the mirror i watching the movie went that is a mirror he is looking the killer in the face he did not figure that out until the last scene of the movie. Not to be this guy, but like not not like not to be cocky or anything, but I know for a fact just from watching the movie that I uh take out Granny in scene 1 when I walk <laughs> into the apartment, clock her in the mirror and go, "Carlos mom? Martha, a person he's met before." Right. She a person from his life, he like if I saw Lanson's mom in a freaking mirror, I would be like, <laughs> nice painting. I'd be like, this is Lappin. <laughs> what are you doing with that hatchet? <laughs> You'll never know how to. And that's a spot on impression of my mother. Yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. She doesn't listen to this. 
<laughs> she doesn't respect what I do. Um, she doesn't <laughs> even know I'm alive. <laughs> oh. I check I in every year on I check in it's every fine. year on Mother's Day. Other than that, I will not speak to that woman. <laughs> um, look, man, like frankly, the killer only gets away with as much as she gets away with because everybody in this movie's dumb. Yeah. Like, let's talk about the author. Like, okay, sorry, we're we're already kind of cutting into like character choices, and I'm sorry to Whatever. invade that real estate so early on. But, like, let's just talk about the author lady. Remember that part where she walks into her house, sees a doll hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. walks outside to be, like, her friend that just left to be like, was that you? And then walks back and said, no, leave. The fuck? Don't go back. I walk in and see a doll hanging from the ceiling. I'm like, well, I'll be back in 17 hours. <laughs> yeah. After I've sicked the cops on this place. Like, what? what is even the logic? that you go back inside and like have a look around nah man not for me yeah and furthermore like every step of this investigation makes no damn sense where they think the best path forward is like ah you know what there was a song playing i remember that song being mentioned in a book let me go to the library read that book for a really long scene then I'm going to go to the house of the person who wrote that book, get more information. I have more information. I'm going to go to the house mentioned in the book, freaking scrape on the wall with my bare fingernails, which was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's bad. Going to scritchy scratch on that wall for a few hours straight. And after I find a nice little picture underneath it, I'm going to go ahead and get bonked over the head and sleep inside of a burning house or something uh look just every stage of this investigation was like what why (laughs) and especially at the end where it's like the little girls like oh i drew a picture that i saw in like the records of my school and they're like we're breaking into this school it's like what why (laughs) nothing's adding up you guys i know also marius was like a lot more aggressive than it needed to be with that little girl and the questioning of like where yeah. did you get this how did you find this it's like hey man like <laughs> you could just be like hey where did you find this that's kind of cool yeah. all right thank you instead of being like tell me tell <laughs> she, she could have been the killer this. lance and she could have been the killer i mean she did stick no. like pins <laughs> <laughs> how about that adam no <laughs> Rejected flat out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and then, like, the whole, like, what kind of made-for-TV, like, ending is we're going to bust into this school in the middle of the night, have a look around through the records. Like, no, of course not. And, uh, like, big spoiler for the end here, like, when he's like, I know it's you, Carlo. And then there's, like, that end reveal where he's, like, walking down the street and he goes, wait, but Carlo was with me when the first murder happened. Yeah! I clocked that as soon as I saw Carlo's face. I was, like, I actually got mad at the movie. I was, like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) They both saw that lady get murked, and I'm supposed to believe that he's the guy that did it? Right. But, I mean, the movie was smarter than that. But apparently our protagonist 
whatever his name was, Murdoch, apparently he was not smart enough to put two and two together on that one. Oh, the guy I was standing next to when we heard the scream of somebody being murdered, he's probably the murderer. He definitely did it. He he did it. Good thing his head got squishy squish like watermelon. Also, I just want to, this is, I mean, it's. I guess it's kind of related to the characters, but holy crap, that was like, the biggest rated R <laughs> Three Stooges moment of just like, you guys hear something? Ah, please stop! And then, yeah, just his head getting run over. I, I remember just chuckling through that whole thing of like, man, this movie really <laughs> went for it, and I'm here for it. I was like... I like that death. I, <laughs> I'm not saying I wasn't a fan, but it was like... You know in Jurassic World when, like, the assistant girl gets, like, plucked up by, like, the pterodactyl? Yeah. And you're, like, watching it unfold, and you're like, one, this is really stretching the limits of, like, what I'll buy. Yeah. Two, this is really mean-spirited. I That was me during that whole thing. I'm like, they're really kind of stretching the uh, <laughs> margins of disbelief when it, you know, the suspension of disbelief, they're pushing it. And also, like... I know the movie wants us to think he's killed some people, but this feels harsh. Yeah, feels like a lot. He mostly Not just enough. killed. Like, I mean, you know, he killed two people that probably didn't deserve it, and then he killed like that creepy guy with the bullet, which I was fine with. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm scared to make this point because of okay. how passionately you guys just stomped all over the main characters. Uh, there were some scenes where I was like, wow, that was a pretty smart thing that that main character did. So don't hurt me. <laughs> but I'm going to come into the other room. I'm going to give you a big old scene. hug. Big old like, smooch hey. on the mouth. Consensually. I don't yeah. know. What the audience at home doesn't know is Adam is on the other side of that door. Lanson is on the other side of that door. Just through that window are my friends. <laughs> we're actually really close together. Obnoxiously close. <laughs> I can hear Luke screaming in the other room, going off about how much he hates these characters. But I will get, I'll throw a bone. I'll be the one. Uh, I thought that the reminds scene me. where the killer. Yep, there's, there's, <laughs> there's the visual cue for all you three people who watch us on YouTube. <laughs> oh, a really killer for our audience. More annoyed Adam gets. <laughs> <and> Luke, Luke, <laughs> just like, yep, there it is. Once again, you done diddly done did it, man. Thank you. Thank goodness another visual joke in a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, my name says justice for Carlo because I think he was treated unfairly. I agree with that. Even though I loved his death, it was super fun to watch. It was uh, it was sad because he was a great character and I loved him. Yeah. Um, just just childhood drama, like something he can't, you know, it's just not his fault. Anyways, um, yeah, what was I saying? Uh, the scene where Marcus is in his house and he's playing the piano, mm -hmm. and the killer comes in, and he keeps playing the piano with one hand. While he gets a blunt object with his other hand. I thought that was smart. I, I get that you guys were unimpressed with his piano. I thought it sounded all right. He was playing it with one hand, which is impressive. I don't know if I could do that. I play the piano. And he was like, that. he was like, oh, this killer doesn't know. But I know he's in here. And I thought that was a good choice. Um, 
and it ended up being good because he's phone rang, he slammed the door, the killer said some things that I forgot, um, and it worked out for him. So I thought that was good. I also liked, even though it didn't lead to a ton and didn't matter for the whole thing anyways, it still was cool. The reveal with the the steam in the shower, I liked that part too. I thought that mm -hmm. was a good... Uh, mm -hmm. Putting the dots together from the character, he's like, ooh, like she's pointing there. Just that whole reveal I thought was satisfying. Um, that was more of a filmmaking thing, but yeah, I thought I think that I, just to throw a bone to the characters, they're not always terrible. I agree, they're pretty average and they're pretty slow, but there are moments where they 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 make some all right decisions. No, I think um, I mean obviously, uh, our our good friend McDougal made some really hot calls because he outsmarted the killer multiple times. Um. And even then, at the end, just like the quick thinking of, oh, uh, let me send the elevator down, like led to a really, really fun and visually striking final death right. that gives the title of the movie meaning and really like sends the movie off on a high note. Um, and a, a necklace made of titanium. <laughs> yeah. <apparently>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, a necklace made out of barbed wire? Question mark. Um, Only the best. <laughs> only breakable and endlessly only sharp. the best for my murderous mother mother um, mother 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 uh yeah I, I think i i'm not gonna denigrate everything that happens in this movie i just think um something that bothers me in movies is when it feels like characters move without intention Mm -hmm. and the characters in this movie feel like they're moving without intention and i think that really got to me and like i said their investigative decisions don't really add up to me mm -hmm. like one of the few that i will go to bat for and thought was really cool is yeah like the guy in the bathroom sees like oh right like steam is like the you know the steam sticks and she's pointing at something she was writing something in the steam and he has that cool reveal and of course he figures out who the killer is like way ahead of time mm -hmm. um and that's, you know, why he gets the the uh, podcast Italian. audience have no idea what I'm doing. But <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's, it's also just that annoying thing of, like, the characters are never where they should be. You know what I mean? Like, he goes and actually investigates where the author lady died while our main character Macbeth is just like off on his own side quest at like to a house and all of this while Gianna's sidelined she's just like not in most of this oh, movie no which is like such a bummer because again it's like that thing of you're presented with really cool character that could be your protagonist and instead it's just like some guy um <laughs> so like it's it's weird to talk about because I feel like the movie wants to be kind of ethereal in a way and everything needs to feel a bit like, like I, I think there is something dynamic and interesting about the characters being driven by like gut feelings and nothing else. But also it makes our jobs very interesting because we have to step in and try to put logic to, their actions and their responses and the logic doesn't necessarily 
hold up <laughs> under the scrutiny we are used to putting movies under. Right. The microscope. Yep. Thought we wouldn't catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. <laughs> Dario they were, Argento yeah. putting together his final product of the movie. Please do not let these three men, hopefully someday, <laughs> years from now, nobody will ever review this movie with that level of scrutiny. What Dario Argento could never know is that I would look at this movie through the same microscope I used to look at my own penis. And I would really have a look at these characters and think to myself, I don't know that I can defend their actions in every scene. Oh, man. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up, uh, kind of mm -hmm. going back to the antagonist, is yep. a choice that I could see as both a weakness and uh, a not weakness, whatever you call that. Um, they really wanted to be spoopy with all their kills, where they mm. would hang dolls from the ceiling and whatever that very creepy robot thing that came. Maybe there was, was there like a story reason or was that the killer setting that off? I, I forget. I think that was the killer setting that off. Yeah. So she's just making these, really making the scene really scary and really frightening for the person, which I think is a strength because it does make people more irrational and freaked out. But it also makes them go into flight or fight, fight or flight mode, which also makes it takes away the the I don't know the the surprise. So I feel like that's kind of a double-edged sword where I liked it for the movie, but I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if that was a strength or a weakness. I think it, it was kind of a could go either way. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I was just going to say, uh, the only thing I can really say in her benefit is, I mean, Granny goes feral. Like... I think they say, like, when the, the cops show up in exactly, I think, two scenes. And the first scene they show up and they're, like, looking at the first murder. Uh, it, pretty useless, just standing around like, oh, this is ooh, pretty bad. Um, but I'm pretty sure one of the guys actually says at one point during this scene, they're like, yeah, somebody took a butcher knife to her. And two of the cuts would have killed her, but the person kept going, you know? And it was like... So, all right, so one thing in Granny's favor is if, like, she gets the upper hand, she's not wasting it. She goes absolutely feral. Because they were just talking about, like, the butcher knife cuts. That's before she freaking tries, before she smashes the girl's face through the window and brings her jugular down on the glass. Like, that was all what happened before that. So, like, yeah. fair to say that, you know, she does not, like, like Alexander Hamilton, she does not throw away her shot. <laughs> no. It's true. That's true. So she she has a little bit more leeway to kind of screw around with her prey is what you're saying. And because once she she has her, you know, claws and she's gonna she's gonna go for the kill pretty, pretty intensely. She's got to get the adrenaline pumping in their veins. Otherwise, there's just no sport. No sport. <laughs> Martha trying to be a hunter of men and women. Lappin, you were going to make a point, and I accidentally cut you off, and I would like to swing the microphone metaphorically back over to you, so you may make your point. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess, yeah, kind of going, if we're thinking about it, a little bit as a detriment, um, 
especially if you're one of the characters that's like in, involved in the case, like you know there's a killer out there. So when you see stuff like that, like I mean, if you're a rational human being, you should probably just leave your house if you see like a doll, or just like don't go to the scary place that's poorly lit. Um, but also, and maybe I missed this in the movie, um, but like when Martha kills the author, like was that book like a big deal in the place they live in Italy or like how the crap <laughs> did she know that there was an author and then how did she know where she lived to go and kill her? Like it seems like all this information in the case, like the cops surely didn't know about it and like Mitchell, you know, just stumbled upon it. So I'm like, was Martha like keeping an eye out for people that maybe got on her simp? Cause it's like, if I'm Martha, like, I guess I just kill my husband and that's about all I really, you know, I boarded up that room and then it kind of leaves my mind for a while. You know, it's just interesting to me that like all these pieces of the case, like she just knew about and was there. And I'm like, how, how could you have known that? Uh, question mark, have an answer for that. Yes. Um, I feel like there were a lot of shots that seemed to be because it's established early on in the movie that the that uh, John Carpenter very much ripped this movie off with Halloween. It's established early on in the movie that there's point of view shots from the killer's perspective. So while uh, you know Marilyn Manson was making his investigation. Uh, they would every once in a while insert these like point of view shots that look like somebody following him. So I think the implication was uh, Martha was following him as he was making his investigation. Therefore, she was there when he found out about the author. Mm -hmm. So she just went to the author first. Okay. I Got think you. that's what the movie was doing. Right. I just would have loved, like, he leaves the library and then, like, the librarian's like, ma'am, can I help you? Yes, that book that he was reading. Oh, no, the picture of my house, it's gone. <laughs> I'm also, it would also be funny if, like, there was a deleted scene um, that's the freaking main guy, Marky Mark, uh, calling up carlo like at every every time he figures out something new about the exactly. case he calls up carlo and he's like dude you'll never guess what i just found out <laughs> and freaking martha's man. just upstairs like party <laughs> line style just okay then okay then <laughs> we got a curious cat on the case <laughs> so oh, man yeah because because i thought about that as well um especially when the movie tries like for a minute to make you think that it's Carlo. Obviously, mm -hmm. I wasn't fully buying it because I was like, but he was with He's right there. Yeah, yeah. He, like he couldn't have done that first murder. Um, but I also kind of tried to think about it and I was like, well, then how would he know about this? And how would he know about that? And I was like, I guess the main guy just tells anybody that'll listen. He's like, you'll never guess. I got a huge break in the case. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Here's a here's a weird uh thing mm -hmm. so super kind of just random character choice there's a room in this old house mm -hmm. that he didn't know about because they took out the window 
So he goes to the front of the house on a super steep, scary ledge and starts hacking away. He falls down. All this, you know, crazy stuff happens, and then he ends up just doing it inside the house anyways. <laughs> Leads me to wonder why he's decided to do that. Like, I get the window, but if he would have just done some some spatial awareness, he's like, yeah, it was that one hallway with the, the picture. I could right. just, he could have just started with that. I don't know. I feel like I that was a dumb decision it it didn't lead to a, a ton just kind of a goofy scene for us which was kind of comical to watch but at the same time it's like yeah just have some spatial awareness go into that hallway and start there instead right yeah there's a version there's a version of this movie where we watch the main guy just spin his wheels for an hour and a half and then accidentally slip and fall off a cliff just breaks his neck and that's the end of yeah. the movie he follows what he thinks is a clue to the Hoover Dam and then falls off. Oh my god. <laughs> Another clue right down there! <laughs> Cross-country lines. <laughs> I gotta find this killer. I'm a pianist that doesn't quit. Yeah. P.I. Pianist investigator. <laughs> and then we cut to the perspective of Martha who just watched him take a nosedive off the Hoover Dam and she was like, I was worried about that guy. Well, well looks like I'll go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing to do in the United States for people over the age of 63. Indeed. Uh, I will I will point out, though, big old mistake Martha makes. She gets the upper hand on him at the house, knocks him out, and then lights the house on fire. Like, kill him. Yeah. You went absolutely feral on everybody else. Why are you holding back on, you know, Mr. Potato Head there? Like... <laughs> I guess she read her script and was like, oh, I okay, I don't kill him. Oh, I don't kill him in this scene. I gotta wait. I gotta wait. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's supposed to be Carlo that does that, like trying to throw him off the scent, get rid of all the evidence in the house, but also, I can't kill him. He's my best friend. <laughs> but I don't have to save him either from this burning <laughs> building. <laughs> I'm no hero. Uh... <laughs> Although that's a, that's a good point. Like the scene just like picks up with Gianna like cradling him outside of the building. Maybe he mm -hmm. was like left to die in the burning building, and Gianna went and rescued him. That yeah. is left ambiguous. So maybe there was an attempted murder there, and we just didn't see it. Yeah. In the movie's credit. I was like, oh, it's totally Gianna. Like I was like, I figured it out. It's yeah. Gianna. I, I thought that too for a second, especially because, like, like. To Lanson's point, you're going, well, how does the killer know about this? And how does the killer know about this? And I'm like, the only person he keeps consistently, like, telling about the breaks in the case is Gianna. And it makes the others, the, the scene where they arm wrestle make more sense in hindsight. Because it shows that she's strong and can overpower people. Like, Yeah, I, I thought I had it figured out for a good minute or so. And then I was like, wait, I think, I think she's telling the truth. Never mind. <laughs> I'm off. That's the hallmark of a good movie is that yeah. for a minute you go, oh, it's Gianna, and then it shows Carlo, and you're like, oh, I guess it was Carlo. Wait, but that doesn't quite make sense. Like the movie gives you just enough that you're kind of going, like, okay, maybe I don't know who it is. Um, although I will say, I uh, like when they're in the school and Gianna wanders off, which is the dumbest move possible. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, First of all, don't break into a school. Like you, you don't need to. Yeah, like, and also, why? 
like the fact that they keep archive records of drawings that students made. No, yeah. <laughs> they're throwing those out, bro. Those things get thrown away for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Something I kept thinking throughout this entire movie is I'm like, this movie would be shorter if people like work together. I know, like, right? It's like a whole thing that like Gianna wants to team up with uh Michael Myers or whoever the main character is. Um she wants to team up with him and he's like, no. But then he tells her about every development in the case anyway. Mm. So they're both running parallel investigations. And then there's uh what's his face? Giordano. I think Giordano, uh, Giordano or something. I I got the I got the, it pulled up. The dude with the mullet. Giordani. Giordani. Mm-hmm. He was also doing like his own parallel investigation. And presumably the cops are doing their investigation. So all you need is for two people to investigate together. And this movie I, is over so fast. I like know. Giordani and uh, uh, SNL's Mike Myers go to the author's house. And where it's written like it was Martha. Giordani is like, I don't know who that is. And then freaking the main guy goes, I know who that is. End of movie. Like, oh. why is everybody lone wolfing it? Including at the end. Like, Gianna and the main guy bust into the school together. And then at the last possible mi- minute, Gianna's like, I'm going to lone wolf it over to call the police. Let them know we just broke and entered into a public <laughs> school. Right. <laughs> um. And yeah, the main guy's like, sounds good. I will wait here in the library where I'm not at all vulnerable. Mm-hmm. This is was... also after they heard a noise. So yeah, even, no, even more idiotic. Yeah. So just that thing of like, you guys know that like groups are acceptable. Like, yeah, probably beneficial. Yeah. So it's just like, I was just baffled watching this movie because I kept thinking to myself, like, if these characters didn't I, I mean apparently they just hate existing in the same space like <laughs> yeah if they could get their act together and actually look each other in the eyes for a few scenes in a row this movie would be a lot shorter right yeah and the main guy didn't have so much toxic masculinity and and uh was better at the piano and there's a lot of things <laughs> yes I mean, but that's the question. What is the movie trying to say about masculinity? Because, like, that whole scene plays out, and obviously he's in the wrong because Mm -hmm. she's just as capable as him. But then also, at the end of the movie, I can't help but notice she's stabbed and he's not. Well, coincidence? (laughs) (laughs) But a a woman was the killer the whole time. So... Mm -hmm. You heard it, it here, folks. Her. Feminism is one. Women can also kill. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Indeed. It's great, it's great news. Wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting for this news for years. Yeah. yeah. Really, really makes the world make a lot more sense. I've been trying to kill my husband for years, but I just thought I couldn't. <laughs> but then I just became empowered, and I hatcheted that son of a gun so much. He's raw tuna now. <laughs> I hatcheted him so bad my son was an alcoholic when he grew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This might be like a real tangent, but it is really funny to me, too. Here's the thing. I'm well aware of the fact that we are three white guys doing a podcast. Yeah. And sometimes I lean into, like, 
the cartoon version of that. But then I also think to myself, like, out of context, they don't know that I'm not the cartoon. So doing the cartoon was probably a mistake. Which is my way of saying three seconds ago where it sounded like I was making fun of feminism. I'm not excited for the day where that's cut out of context and sent to me. <laughs> I'm excited for that day. Luke, Adam's the one. Ad, Adam's doing the editing. Yeah, I'm on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Grabbing those scraps. Well, I, I think more than, than most movies we cover, there's a lot to say about the protagonist. I mean, the antagonist, kind of a, a, a basic... Uh, slasher not a whole lot to say but there were a lot of choices to talk yeah (laughs) yeah uh what are there any other choices decisions strengths weaknesses that you guys wanted to bring up before we move on okay i think Uh, i i'm good too i think we we kind of covered it all um now to the segment that you've all been waiting for uh what we call well yeah what we call the segment the final girl and the final boy status segment uh how it works is we go around and decide individually if we can make final boy or final girl status meaning could we survive most of the movie then have a fatal ending or could we survive the movie all the way through without dying uh, assuming we best the antagonist or some creative form of of that uh, prompt, um, could we survive this movie? So let's uh, let's kick it over to uh, Lancino. Lancino, what about final boy and final girl status? So I'm going to give myself both in this movie. Okay. I'll say two different possibilities that give myself both final boy and final girl status. Um, If I witnessed a murder in a foreign country, I'd probably be like, you know what? Maybe I need to go home. I think I'm good. I would, I would not look into the case any further. I would definitely help the police in whatever way I could by giving my statement and telling them what I saw, but that would be that. And I would be on the first train out of there. Um, or if, you know, I saw a doll in my house or anywhere next to me that was just hanging from the ceiling, or I heard a noise, I'm just going to nope my way right out of there. And then number two, let's say, let's say I am Marius, you know, and I go over to Carlo's house, which I've gone over many times. Um, something about me is my mom. Just having to look at those empty tables and empty chairs. angry men and yeah deep red the color of angry men (laughs) deep red (laughs) yes um so anyway i go over to carlos slash martha's house and you know i'm like you know what i'm just hanging out for carlo you know i'm not gonna pass up like a free meal or like whatever and anyway so i noticed that Carlo's mom is making stew with this butcher cleaver and she's like going to town on these carrots and celery. I'm like, huh, interesting. And then, you know, she offers me some coffee and drinks some of that. She uh, keeps calling me an engineer. I'm like, maybe you're not altogether there. 
okay. And then what seals the deal is I witness this murder. I walk into the apartment and I am just, when I open the door and first walk in, I am just overcome by the scent of old lady. Like we're talking like <laughs> peppermint and formaldehyde. And I'm like, I know that scent. That's Martha. Where are you? So, you know, not only that, I'm like, you know what? This may be bad, but that chick's already dead in the window. There's nothing I can do, so I'm just going <laughs> to back on out of there. And then, you know, tell the police, like, hey, you know, um, the killer, I remembered that scent of Werther's and Febreze, and it was Martha. <laughs> so maybe you should look into that, lady. Um, and yeah, so that would be the reason why, purely by me, like... Um, just not getting too involved with the case, to be honest with you. <laughs> not any more than I needed to. And then just by, you know, recognizing Martha by her scent as well as her image in the mirror. So, yeah. Kapow. I love it. Glad to hear you're surviving this one, Lanson. Me too. Luke, what about you? Final boy, final girl status. Where are you putting yourself? Oh, uh, you already know I'm coming for that title. Uh, final boy status. Look, our our protagonist survived the entire movie by uh, barely solving a crime. And <laughs> I could do that probably in my sleep. Uh, I, in, like, if we're honest, 70% of this movie is him not solving a crime. And I do that every day. So I'm just going to go ahead and hand myself that victory. Nice. And uh, you know what? I'm coming all the way. I'm coming for the title. I'm going for final girl status. And let me, let me fill you in a little bit. What you may not know is I have a long-standing history uh, with a very dear friend of mine uh, whose name is Helga Ullman. We go back a long, long ways. Back when uh, we shared a father figure, you know? A white-haired gentleman that we referred to as our papa. And uh, we got the matching tattoos and everything to prove it. And Helga had some talent, sure, but she was never papa's favorite child. That was always numero uno. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I happen to be visiting my dear friend Helga as she's mm -hmm. doing a, a circus tour, whatever the fuck that initial scene was, in Italy. And I see her in the window getting stabbed into a pane of glass on the jugular. And uh, I don't even have to leave the street. I use my mind powers to huck that old woman out of the window. <laughs> Watch her splat on the concrete in front of her son. Very comfortable in the knowledge that, if anything, I've freed him from a tremendous weight. Maybe take him to rehab, help him clean some stuff up. And, you know, unfortunately, wasn't a lot I could do for Helga at that point. But, uh, you know, sometimes you fall under the influence of these stranger things and there's just not really anything you can do 
Oh, man. Hawking an old lady out a window. I think you mean Hawkins an old lady out a window. Hawking an old lady out a window. Oh, yeah, dude. And, you know, if she's still not dead, I could have a baseball bat with some nails in it. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, you old man. Carry that around. Wherever you go. Yeah, with my fair faucet hairspray. Yeah. I, uh, that's amazing. Felt like I, I was that. missing something at the beginning, but it all came around to by the end. And so that was a ride. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Lanson. Of course. I, you, Adam. Yeah. Questions I, now here for you, Adam. I think this movie's a little bit of a paradox because the main character being so clueless and oblivious was relatable because I'm always clueless and oblivious. And oblivious and the paradox is the fact that he is that way means he's less of a target because this killer only goes after people who know or have leads about her identity so i witnessed this and i'm gonna put myself as the character to the extent that i live in italy i'm not like visiting it it's this i'm i i see this in a place i regularly go and i I'm like, I listen to a lot of true crime. I think I got this. But I'm very clueless and oblivious. And along the way, I'm picking up breadcrumbs. I'm like, okay, this girl was stabbed on a window, which means the killer really does not like windows. I've got to look up Google searches of people who say I hate windows and cross-reference them to my location. And Martha's in the sidelines. a lot of iPhone users. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I that was a good joke, Luke. I like that. Uh, and Martha is watching me on the sidelines, just out of frame, like, is he a threat? And she's looking at my Google searches, and she's like, nah, he's good. And she kind of skulks away. So I make it, that's how I make final boy status, is from just being so ignorant and oblivious that she's like, "He's we're good. We're good there. We could just let him run in a circle, you know, uh, but then accidentally I happen upon this old haunted house and I'm like, this is a cool haunted house. And I go inside it and I hop the fence and I am, uh, and am clumsy and I trip on my foot and I fall into the spare room and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a dead guy. And I piece it all together on the spot and she's like, oh my gosh. And she's about to come for me and she's, th- she's been watching me. And so she steps through the little hole I made with my body with a knife and is about to get her. And then, boom, a gunshot in the middle of her head. She goes cross-eyed and staggers a little bit and then falls backwards. And behind her, Freddie Prince Jr. with a gun. (laughs) Yeah! Holding it up, pointing towards her. He gives me a a kind of a stupid face. Just kind of a... And then disappears into the darkness, and I never see him again. Back into the mist. <laughs> and you have no idea who he is either. <laughs> I'm like, who the heck was that guy? <laughs> who is that man? <laughs> Came out of nowhere. 
his clothes are so weird because I don't know what the nineties are. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is he's 75. a time traveler. I'm living in seventy five. I'm like, what was that alien that just came out of nowhere? You were living in seventy five, meeting a lot of meeting a lot of iPhone users, and really feeling confused, googling wow. and stuff. That's true. That wasn't really true to the period. Going to the library, I guess that's what I'd be doing at the library. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you'd be looking up at the library like a history of people who hate Windows. <laughs> the the Martha Encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Window haters. You go to like City Hall, like who's filed a complaint about Windows recently? <laughs> yeah, who had like a construction invoice for patching up a window? <laughs> I guess which would have led me to that house, so yeah. that works out. There you go, man. I'm also just imagining, like, the most recent entry is the police getting the window from that apartment fixed. So you're like, it's an inside job. Oh, man. <laughs> the police are in on it. We're going full Serpico. <laughs> Internal affairs, baby. Oh, yeah. But we well, did it, boys. All we three did of it. us got out of it. Mm-hmm. Martha Zero, the final boys three. We 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 got her, man. We got her. Uh thanks for tuning in, guys. I know this isn't a radio show, but thanks anyways. Um, super happy to, to always do this with you guys. Uh just to end things off. What do we got to plug? What what, what things do you guys got going on? This oh, yeah. podcast. <laughs> Final Boys status. It is a lot of fun to make. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, look us up. Final Boy status. Boom shakalaka. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Luke Howiter, L-U-K-E-H-A-U-E-T-E-R. Actually, that's just my username across all social media, so track me down on whatever your preferred platform is. You'll probably find me. Yeah, I mean... I got various projects. I, I definitely stream, play some games, do some goofs. So you could always check that out. Uh, yeah, just check me out. Is Really, at the end of the day, I want you to think of me in a carnal way. I want you to be checking me out. And I want you to be like, I want it to be a really hot and heavy experience for you. Like, this, you know, the shower scenes in this movie. It's so steamy. That's what I want things to be like when you think of me. Steamy. Definitely make sure you're murdering somebody while you're looking him up on your phone. Yeah, I want somebody to be stabbed. When, <laughs> when, when people think about me, I want them to be stabbing. Because they're getting their rage out and they won't stab me. Indeed. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> you're doing and so another much thing. good for the world. <laughs> What if I just never stopped talking? And another oh, thing. And listens uh, to the plug. <laughs> and another thing. What is going on with the Star Wars, the Clone Wars continuity? Because uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Did, did you really have another thing or, or, or are you done? Uh, eh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Time for Moving me to on. I would like to, uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot going on. You can catch me in the back alley getting beat up uh, mm -hmm. most Saturdays. Um, mm -hmm. 
No, I'm on social media. I don't post anything super fun, but you can find me on Twitch. I've I I have historically streamed, and I have plans to future stream. I'm not currently streaming, but we filmed this in advance, so this is my motivation to to get creative. <laughs> um, I'm Indy Adam Bones. That's Indy Adam Bones, like Indiana Jones, but my name's Adam Bone. surprise uh surprise segment here we 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 would love to hear what the next movie is we want to do this so you listeners or you watchers at home can watch along with us and get prepared uh and be able to give your thoughts uh in uh to your to your computer screen that we won't listen to at all but um the next movie is being chosen by lanson he did tell us already so our surprise faces might be faked lanson <laughs> What's the next movie that I don't already know? Yes, yeah, so the movie that I have never talked about on this podcast before about <laughs> is Antlers, the Wendigo movie that came out last year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, back in 2021. Excited for that. Um, big fan of the Wendigo mythology, so yeah, yeah. should be fun. I'm going to have to listen to some, some Wendigo podcast stuff for, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like I did a while ago but i gotta brush up on the mythology again where are but, we at in like our existences that it's like oh i gotta do more research on that thing let me pop on a podcast oh yeah, yeah. Ready to get my research done when to go weekly i wasn't a podcast guy what's up I've gals and ghouls them recently <laughs> i started that podcast the Windigo podcast <laughs> adam do you not know what this is do you not know that we already do a podcast well, is to that... be totally honest, when we started, I did not listen to podcasts at all, but I was on a podcast, so I didn't know what the world of podcasts were until, like, two months ago. I mean, I listened to some, but now I'm I'm really... Because my job makes it... You guys don't care. I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts <laughs> Keep recently. telling me things no, about I'm your a... life. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it, but maybe let's talk about it off air, because I, I, I inhale podcasts, so I just need <laughs> to talk about it. Cool. Well... Uh, thanks, listeners, for the surprise segment. Enjoy your lives. Have a spooky time again. Come Goodbye, back, forever. <laughs> Goodbye forever. Goodbye no. forever. <laughs>